All righty. Thank you, Lord. I was thinking ever it's like the the routine of river life in the summer is younger people, like we do Camp Morley for youth, uh, and then we did VBS for children, and then we get the end of summer doing love life for the really young, the ones. It's really amazing, isn't it? That, so um, really do. That was great why Amy shared. That was really felt. Huh? <laughs> Anyways, I just wanted to alert you to that thought. Um, none of that was intentional. The Lord just did it, right? Amen. So, all right, let me help me, Lord. Help them, Lord. Y'all going to have to be loose today and not be too serious on me. Okay? I'm supposed to be looking at the camera. For everybody online, we just want to thank you uh, for joining us. Uh, we have friends in other countries that join us. So bless those from the nations. Uh, and those are some people that we get, hope we'll get to see them face-to-face again if we ever get to go anywhere again. But if we don't, we'll keep doing it here until they make us stop doing it, and then we'll figure something else out. Amen? So uh, I'm, I'm going to read Matthew 21, 13, and then I'm going to go back to the Lord's Prayer because I've been talking to you all about the Lord's Prayer. Now, I realize that I've discovered this thing about myself. You know, when I was a kid, I liked to hunt a lot, and I had uh, beagles. Everybody know what a beagle is? They're the greatest dogs ever, but they don't smell good because <laughs> they have oil in their skin that comes out when they sweat. That's not, it's kind of smelly, but... So, but they're, they were a great pets, but also I like to hunt with my beagles. And so I would take my beagles hunting, and they would stick their nose to the ground, and they would take off uh, rabbit hunting to flush out rabbits, you know, barking. And, but sometimes they would get lost because they were so focused on what they were doing. And sometimes they wouldn't show up for two or three days, and then they'd come back, and their ears were all tattered and they're you know just from the briars and the... anyways I feel like a lot of times in my spiritual life that's the way my spiritual life is is you know just put your nose down to to the Holy Spirit and where you feel like the Lord's taking you and I realized that my I'm kind of all over the road like my beagles were so I'm just saying that as a qualifier for y'all because most people when they preach they go a little bit more Today we're talking about this. Next week we'll talk about this verse and following. You know, I'm, I just can't seem to ever do that. I wish I could, but it's more like over here, over there. So, all right, it's okay. They're right. Yeah, <laughs> let's stick our nose down and see if we can find the Holy Spirit, or rather, He can find us. Amen. But I wanted to read this verse. It's just amazing. Matthew twenty-one thirteen, and He said to them, "It is written, My house shall be called a house of prayer." but you've made it a den of thieves. And so this is amazing um, that, you know, the, the foundation of the church is, re- is relational, right? And, and the foundation of the, of the kingdom is relational. And the church that, that Jesus declared that he wanted to build in Matthew 16 is, it a, re- is a relational church. It's a governing, governing church because it actually means ecclesia, which means government. That's how the God wants to bring the government 
into the world, his government into the world, but really it all starts relationally. And he said, you know, when the church is not a place of prayer, when the people of God are not praying people, then everybody loses. Everybody loses. And so, and I, and, and I want you to flush out of your mind prayer meetings, okay? I want you to flush into your heart prayer. That that's, that's really where it all starts at. It doesn't start with a meeting. It starts with a relationship with the Lord. And that's really what he was saying there is that we're going to lose in the earth when we're not people who pray. Have you ever thought that the, the only place that I can find in, in, in the Gospels where the disciples came to Jesus and asked Jesus, Lord, teach us something. The only thing they ever asked him, this is mind-boggling when you think about it, teach us to pray. I mean, you know, I'm thinking if I was one of the disciples, I would be thinking, Lord, teach me how to do that walking on the water trick. (laughs) Or teach me how to raise the dead. Teach me how to open blind eyes. Teach me how to multiply food. Right? That's how we would normally think. But see, those it had to be that when they saw Jesus pray, they saw stuff happen. They saw that, you know, the, the heavens were shook, that something really was shook. And therefore, they wanted to be able to pray like that. They wanted to have that same power in prayer that he has. And I believe the Lord wants us to have that. And that's why he said, okay, I'm going to teach you how to pray. And that's how he, and he gave us what we call the model prayer and uh, is that's in Luke 11 and in Matthew 6. Are, are y'all with me this morning? You know, and because we really are called as a people to influence everything that's going on on this planet. Everything. We're called to that. Our, part of our assignment as believers is to influence the world and not be influenced by the world. That's why Jesus says, you're the salt. Salt's an influence. You're the light. Light's an influence. And that's what he's called us to do. And that's why the model prayer is part of the program, is part of the foundational program to become the influencers instead of being influenced. How many people know about the word longevity? Yeah. God is looking for people who have a heart for longevity because his kingdom has never, it never ends. And we have to become those kind of people. But anyways, I wanted to read this uh, particular verse, verse 11, give us this day our daily bread. That's a pretty, pretty uh, simple thought, right? You think it is until you start looking at it and you really discover there's more to this than meets the eye. In fact, there's, I, I believe there's multiple meanings to this, to that little simple, multiple meanings. And that's what I wanted to talk to you about this morning because I believe some of the, actually, I believe this prayer, this Lord's prayer is really vital for us right now in, in history where we are uh, with what's going on in the world today. Because there's a lot of stuff going on in the world today that's scary. Right? Uh, I don't know about you. When I hear some of the things I'm hearing, it scares me. It's, It's scary stuff. Now, I don't know what's true and what's not true because there's so much misinformation out there being fed us right now is incredible. So I tend to not listen to a lot of it, but some of the stuff that I, that kind of somehow finds its way into my ears, like, oh, if that's true, we got some. Tr- we're, there's some trouble, trouble times coming our way. We thought the pandemic was bad. We don't. That was just a warm up. I'm not trying to be negative this morning. I'm just saying that God has an answer for everything, 
And I, I believe this, this uh, verse here is one of the key answers that we're going to need in the days ahead. We're going to need revelation on it, but here's the reason I believe there's multiple meanings to it is because of what Jesus said down in verse 33. Uh, see, here he's saying, pray, give us this day our daily bread. Well, you know, a few verses later, you know, 20, 22 verses later, he says, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. Here's what these things were. Jesus was answering a question. What shall we eat? What shall we wear? What shall, how, how shall we have shelter? And he says, here's the answer. Okay, the answer is seek first my kingdom and those kinds of bare necessities, the basic necessities of life you'll have. And so to me, this, it could almost be a conflict from verse 11 to verse 33, but it's not a conflict, obviously. Uh, and I do want to point out when Jesus said, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things that he was being questioned about or be added to you, he was not saying, listen to this, especially people who don't really tend to flow in the realm of grace. He was not saying, if you seek first, you'll get those things. He said, if you seek first, the kingdom has those things. Right? In other words, when you get the kingdom, you're going to automatically get food. You're going to automatically get water. You're going to automatically get all the things that you need to live this life. You know, there's a big difference in those two approaches to that thought. And, and the approach of God was never to earn anything by praying. It was to, to get the big picture. The greater includes the lesser was what we were already, always taught. The greater is the kingdom, and it includes the lesser. All these little things that we need day in and day out that are important. Are you all with me on that? It's really important that we have that mindset we have a grace revelation that says it's, we don't earn anything, we get. You know, the best example ever is, uh, I think Jackie Rummish told me about this years ago. They call it all-inclusive vacations. You know what an all-inclusive vacation? You go to, the, to some destination that's really nice, that has beaches. You go to the hotel. Your food's there. There's games there. There's outings there. Everything's included, you don't have to go anywhere. You just go there and have a big party the whole time. It's all part of the deal. That's the way the king, that's what Jesus was talking about. My kingdom is all inclusive. It includes everything. So why did he say, this is the question, why did he, why if the kingdom's all inclusive, why should we pray, give us this day our daily bread? Are y'all with me? That's the question we should be asking when we read this because when we look at the context of it. Y'all should be asking, like, well, what is that, Lord? I hope y'all know that. I'm sure some of you do. So first of all, I want to tell you a few things, okay? Or I wouldn't have said all that. <laughs> uh, first, I believe it is a prayer for food in our daily necessities. Because in the Old Testament, bread was like a powerful symbol. It was used symbolically. Somebody help me, my brain. <laughs> symbolically. Of God's provision for his people. Bread which is over and over in the Old Testament. Um, another thing that I want you to hear is. If you live. See for as Americans we don't think too much about that. But I want to put a little thought in your head. Toilet paper. <laughs> think about toilet paper about a year or so ago. Suddenly you can't find toilet paper. Listen if you live in a third world country. This prayer may be a lot more real to you. If you live in a, in a world where your babies go to sleep every night hungry, 
that prayer may be a lot more significant to you. And I think for us to, dis- to say it doesn't mean food, natural food would be just the, one of the greatest tragedies. Let me, I'm going to read this statistic to you. This is the 20, 2021 statistic on hunger. 957 million people across 93 countries do not have enough to eat. That's, um, can you believe that? 953, 957 million people in 93 countries. Babies are crying every night when they go to bed from hunger. It's one of the great tragedies of humanity. It is projected that this year, 239 of those 957 million will need some type of life-saving intervention of food. If they don't get it, they'll die. Think about it, y'all. 239 babies are going to die this year, not just from abortion, but from starving to death. And so I think when it says give us, give us our daily bread, we can, us is a big word, you know, that we could easily pray this prayer for people who are starving, for people who literally need food on their table. And I'm thankful for all the ministries that really want to feed people. You know, we fed so many people last year through the pandemic where they were just lined up coming to get food. That was really a blessing to get to do that. And yeah, and I believe it's, it's going to be more. I believe there's more in the future that's coming our way. And so we really, really do. See, this prayer really, this prayer is going to get more practical to us on a, on a natural level as we move forward into history. The other, the other word, y'all got sort of quiet and sit serious on me. <laughs> Hunger is a serious thing. Think about the devil, what he's done. He's starving babies to death. He's killing babies through abortion, and he's starving little children to death every night. It's just, it's incredible. I just keep, I just wanted to, I'm going to stop on this. I could just go on. I, I just remember, remember Guy Chevreau who came here. Y'all, some of y'all were here when he came two or three years ago. Tell him about the time he went to Mozambique to preach. This is one of the most impacting things this guy ever said to me. That's why I got him here. That one thing he said. He went to Mozambique because Heidi Baker, some of y'all know who Heidi Baker is, a famous missionary. And she had this big conference over there. And so he gets to Mozambique and they go out to where they're going to have this big gathering of all these people. And he said literally there were people who'd walked for days to get there. Their clothes were in tatters and they had ate grass. That was their food to, be, to stay alive. And he looked at those people. He looked at his preaching notes and says this. He, it was like he couldn't do it. Because what he thought he had could not speak to where they were at. He realized the lack. He, he felt spiritually bankrupt at that moment. And facing people like that, they were so hungry for the Lord that they walked for days eating grass isn't that something? Isn't that powerful? I mean, it's powerful. It really is an awakening for us to really wake up and realize that the way we live, much of the world doesn't live that way. And, and our, our problems, you know, we, they call them first world problems. They're nothing compared to what people in the world suffer with. And we complain and we whine and we don't have a good attitude and we're lethargic. We, if it's raining, we don't even want to gather in the church or we don't like the music. It's too loud, it's too short, it's too long, it's not spiritual enough, it's old, it's new, whatever the excuses is. And there's people literally starving. And there's literally walking for days to get a word from the Lord so they can keep living. 
I'm not judging nobody. I'm just saying that to us, that we really do need an awakening, a real awakening where our eyes are open to begin to see things as God sees them. Because there's a lot of, there's a lot in God's heart that we don't really get. There's a lot of passion in his heart, and there's a lot of hurt in God's heart over what's happening on this planet. That's why he's called us to be a house of prayer. That's the first and foremost thing. I'm, okay, I'm going to say I'm sorry about that, but <laughs> I wasn't meaning to do all that. I guess what I'm going to say that. Yeah, Holy Spirit come, right? It's the old beagle. It's the old beagle revelation. I love my beagles. They all got killed. Every beagle I had got killed because they're stupid. Not only do they chase rabbits, they get ran over by cars because they go after cars. And you'd hear them barking, going, running, chasing, and all of a sudden you hear this bloop. And there they were. Like, stop biting the UPS truck's tires. Anyways, I did lose every one of my beagles. They're in heaven. I'll see them all. Chico, Chipper, Bo. <laughs> yeah. We did have a beagle in our house. That's why I say they stink. I never thought they stunk when I was a kid, but we had a pet beagle, and, and he was beautiful and lovely, but he did smell. <laughs> so I want to bring out something to you about this word daily. Give us this, this day, our daily bread. This is one of the reasons this is a tricky, tricky verse here. Because of that word daily, I'm not going to tell you what the Greek word is because that w- I can't really pronounce it. But it's the only place that word is found is in two places in the Bible. One is in Luke Matthew's version and Luke's version. It is not found in any Greek literature, ancient, modern, or in between anywhere else in the world. This is an interesting word. They believe, people who, I say they, these are mind people. These are people who, who study languages, which we need those people desperately. We need scholars. We need people who get into this stuff. I'm just not one of them. <laughs> but what they believe, and I, I, I tend to believe it, that the writers of the gospel made up that word daily to try to communicate something that was mystical, spiritual, and supernatural. Because it was a word that did not have what we... It doesn't mean what we think it means. It can mean daily, but the literal, literally, they believe this word means... uh, Daily means the bread for tomorrow. It's tomorrow's bread today. Are you hearing what I'm telling you? And they have some, I, I'm not going to get into all this. I got into it myself because I wanted to understand it. They have some reason for believing. The Weiss, anybody know about the Weiss translation of the Bible? Yay. This is how Kenneth Weiss, which this is considered to be a very accurate translation to the Greek. Okay? Real accurate. Not just a word for word, but a thought. It brings in the thoughts and the words together. This is how he translates Matthew 6, 9. Our bread, that for the coming day, give us today. Our bread, that for the coming day, give us today. Some people have said it means the bread without end. The bread without end. Isn't that powerful? That means a lot. Like That's what I'm saying. There's a lot of layers to this. It's, it's not just natural bread. It's as important as that is. 
that it, see, it has these multiple means. It has these multiple layers and applications into our life. That's really important for us. Are y'all following that? Okay, so here's another thing it means, okay? Here, or what, these are some things I wrote down. It's a prayer to get us free from the fear of not having enough. Because every human... Oh, economic hardship is a fear in every one of our hearts. That is, you, every uh, four years we try to elect a president, it's always in America. It's always economy is a big deal. What's this do going to do to the economy? Why? Because we always have a concern, will we have enough? We may have enough today, but what about tomorrow? Am I going to have, is anybody thinking about that? Oh, I bet you are. If you're over 50, you're thinking about it. You're, you're thinking about your Social Security. Let's get real here. Let's don't act like we're not concerned about tomorrow. Okay? We're all concerned about it. We're all wondering, are we going to be able to do, do well tomorrow? Are we going to have food on the table tomorrow? We all are. And when we f- hear news about uh, nobody wants to drive tractor trailers no more, if you're thinking like, that's disturbing because they bring our food to us. You know, why don't we want to drive? Like, uh, quit giving them, you know, stimuluses. Make them go to work, <laughs> right? <laughs> because we, it scares us. That's why I said earlier, stuff's being said that scares me. As we were talking to somebody recently, and they said, well, if there's another lockdown, it might mean we not, might not have food to eat. That's how serious it could get. See, that's why Jesus was trying to get something. We need to tap into tomorrow's bread today. Um, there's this story I read that's pretty powerful. Uh, it was about, an or- it's about orphans. And here's the way the story goes. I'm not going to read it to you because it would be boring y'all hearing me read. But the, or, the story goes like this. At the end of the Korean War, for those of you who don't know, there was a war between North Korea and South Korea back in the 50s. And there was a, lots of orphans that were come out of that, like most wars. There was a lot of people killed. And, and so there was all these orphans and these humanitarian groups came in after the war was over and, and develop these, or, you know, set up orphanages for these children because these children were on the street. You know, their parents were gone. They had been totally traumatized, starving kids. And so it was amazing what these groups did, these relief agencies went in and did and set, set it up and began to take care of the children, begin to feed the children, clothe the children, do all the things that they needed. But, but here was one of the problems they had with the children, is the children, even though they were getting three meals a day, it says they wouldn't go to sleep at night. They were full of anxiety because they'd been traumatized, okay? They were full of anxiety, full of worry. And after they, after they communicated with some of the kids for a while, they realized the kids, even though they were being taken care of, were afraid about tomorrow. They were insecure about tomorrow. And so here's what one beautiful person who understood this verse did. They took bread, pieces of bread, and and gave it to the children when they were putting them into bed at night. Here's a piece of bread. Not to eat now, just so you'll know tomorrow there'll be food for you. 
and it, and it was like a security blanket for the children. They got, literally had bread for tomorrow with them that moment where they could just rest and have peace in their hearts. And I believe there's a thing coming where God is going to have to help us. He's going to have to somehow, maybe it's materially, maybe it's spiritually, where He somehow gives us the assurance that no matter what happens to the United States of America and for the rest of the nations in the world, whether it's economic, economic you know, meltdown, the, the central bank finally implodes, which it should have already imploded years ago. It's living on borrowed time where people might not know that, but that's another story. That's what it's all about, the central bank. Okay, forget I said that. <laughs> get in trouble talking about stuff like that, but... If all that melts down, God wants to give his people an assurance that they'll be cared for tomorrow. That we can actually have the bread for tomorrow today. And that we can be at peace and we can be at rest instead of freaking out like the rest of the world is going to be doing and become ineffective in being the influencers in the world. Are you all with me? And that's really, see, to me, that's why this prayer gets more and more important because the ramifications of it are huge. I hope you all are getting this because I think this is, we, we, we need to have this. But here's another one. Okay, I'm moving on from that. But oh, let me just say this. Okay, I feel, when I was thinking about it this morning, there's people in this room right now, it's like you need that piece of bread in your hand for tomorrow that there's this saying about your tomorrow that feels really uncertain to you and that the Holy Spirit wants to do that for you today I feel that so I want to ask you if you feel that in your life right now would you just stand up so we can pray for you because God wants to meet your need God wants it doesn't matter if it's bread you know literal food or it could be a lot of other things. If y'all see a person stand up, y'all put your hand on them. Because the Lord really, this is what the Lord wants to do. He wants to, like, like those children in the orphanage where they gave them the bread at night, it gave them peace to know that tomorrow there would be food available for them. That God has already taken care of your tomorrow. Yeah. So, Lord, we just want to thank you today. Make sure everybody's got somebody laying hands on them. Yeah, Lord, we just want to declare we're going to, we're going to say give us tomorrow's bread today. Right now in the name of Jesus. Lord, we are going to believe you at your word. You said pray it. It was your thought. It was your concept. And Holy Spirit, I just believe you want to do that. You want to, there's something supernatural you want to do right now in people's hearts and their minds about their provision or about their situation, about their health. Whatever it is, Lord, we just release the power right now in the name that we call it for kingdom of God come right now into these hearts. Kingdom of God come right now into the situations and release the bread of tomorrow into the hearts where that peace, that, that security would come, where that worry would go. That worry would go, anxiety would that go, that would care, that would drag us down, would go, that fear of not being taken care of tomorrow would go in the name of Jesus. Lord, and your peace and your rulership would come. And Lord, I just ask you if it's something that's absolutely literal 
and physical in this world, or if it's just an emotional, psychological, spiritual thing, either way, Lord, I ask you to manifest that today in their life, in the name of Jesus. And Lord, we thank you for it. We thank you that your heart has nothing but good intent towards us. And that means you have a good intent towards our future. In Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Woo, thank you, Lord. Yeah. Toilet paper will be available when you need it. <laughs> that was crazy, but man, it was really crazy. Another thing this means, uh, I wanted to read John 6.35. It, uh, it means the bread of his presence. Oh, I love this. This is the sweetness right here. This is what I call sweetness. And Jesus said to them, I'm the bread of life. He who comes to me shall never hunger, and who believes in me shall never thirst. In Moses' tabernacle, there were three sections, the outer court, inner court, and holy of holies. Right before you went into the holy of holies, there was a veil. And in front of that veil, there was what they call the table of the showbread, or the table of his presence, or the bread of his presence. Isn't that beautiful? And so when we're, we, when we're praying, give us this day our daily bread. Give us the presence. Give us a manifestation of the presence of the Lord in our life. Let us experience His presence. Make, I think that song says it right. Make us aware of your presence. Man, because when you are aware of the presence of the Lord, stuff happens, Right? I mean, you can be in a bad situation, but if you're aware of His presence there, it gives you boldness, it gives you courage, your faith just goes up. And the Lord wants to do that for us. He wants to to daily bless us with an anointing of His presence, the daily to be able to connect in and where we know we've really connected in with Him and we can really sense His presence in our life and be able to release that presence, to really have faith to release the presence of the Lord on people. I mean, that's the sweetness of Christianity. It's wherever you are to be able to release what's inside of you, the kingdom, the presence of Christ to other people, and have in your homes to be filled with the presence of the Lord. I mean, that's begging. Our goal about our house is we want the peace of God resting there. We want angels to be attracted to our house. We want when people come in there, they know they've had an encounter with the Lord. They'll leave there and know that God was... I've had people come spend a night saying, Do you know how many angels are in this house? Like, I don't know how many they are, but the more the merrier. <laughs> right? The more the merrier. You bring all kinds of angels here. God wants to do that for His people. I just particularly believe the presence of the Lord is the most important thing there is in living on this earth. That's what's going to get us through. And I believe that. That's one of the meanings of that. Well, I'm going to finish with this, uh, the, the last one, which is such a, a lovely. It's a prayer for the powers of the age to come. That comes right out of Hebrews 6, 5. The powers of the age to come. We're living in an age. If you study the Bible, you'll find out we're living in a particular age, a particular time period. It says it over and over in the Bible, but it also talks about another time period, another age that's going to come. We're, we're at the end of an age. 
I, this, it's like we're at the end of a day. This time is clicking down. It's going down. And we're going to enter into another time, but this other time has power in it like we've never experienced here. We've only caught little glimpse. So I believe part of this praying for tomorrow's bread is praying for that power from the age to come because it talks about that in Hebrews, tasting it. If you've tasted it, if you've tasted it, right? You taste bread. That's what it says. If you've tasted of the power of the age to come, if you've tasted of the good word of God and the power of the age to come, that's what he's talking about in context there. And God wants to give us a taste every day. I believe, I believe we're coming into a time where God wants to demonstrate his power. And we're going to tap into the power of the age to come. Let me read. I got these two little stories out of the Bible that I just think are beautiful. First one's, Matthew 8, 16. If you can tell, we all should be infatuated with the power of God. Because you cannot separate the power of God from who God is. Because God is power. He's all-powerful. And so to know God is to know power. And at some point, we had to go into that and really begin to know His power. Well, God's a beautiful, wise God, so He's like any great parent. I'm not letting you mess with those receptacles yet. Your day to plug in is going to come, but right now I don't trust you. I'll plug it in for you, right? Did y'all know that every receptacle here, if you were in electrical world, they would say there's a potential for 120 volts right there. A potential only doesn't mean there's really 120 volts there. I can go there and touch that receptacle, put my hands on it. It's just a potential, but when you plug into it, the potential becomes a reality. God's going to plug us in. We have a lot of potential. God is going to say, we're going to go beyond potential. We're going to plug you in to the power. That's really what he wants to do. He's, he's got to. But listen to this. This is Jesus talking about Jesus. It says, when he, Matthew 8, 16 and 17. When evening, evening had come, they brought to him every brought to him many who were demon-possessed, and he cast out the spirits with the word and healed all who were sick. Wow that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by Isaiah the prophet, saying, he himself took our infirmities and bore our sicknesses. Think about this. In time, okay, in time, in our time, okay, in this time, that verse that, that Matthew quoted was not yet fulfilled. That verse was fulfilled at the cross. Are y'all getting this? Jesus had not gone to the cross in time. He was living just like, in other words, what Jesus did, he looked into the future. He saw the cross. He saw the power of his blood being shed. He saw the power of what was going to be released by his stripes we were healed. He saw that and he pulled it in to his moment. That's what that really means. You, I don't care if you th don't believe that or not. That's your problem. God has called us to look to the cross, look back to the cross and look to the future, the heavenly powers, and pull on them. Tap into them. Faith transcends times. I always used to believe this because people said, you know, faith is in the now. Well, it is true, but it's not just in the now. Faith looks back, right? For us, it looks back to the cross, Right? We look back to the cross and pull what was done at the cross into our life. Okay, right? Everybody in here, you've done that if you're saved. You look back to what Jesus did and you tapped into what he did. 
You tapped into it and said, it's mine. I agree with that. Well, in the same way, we have to look forward into the power of the age to come. And just like we look back and tapped into that by faith, we look forward and pull the power into our life from the age to come. That's where we got to start thinking this way, y'all. We got to, our faith transcends times. We got to think that way. It's not just stuck here in the here and now. It's got to pull in some things. That's what it does. It brought, brings in. I don't know if y'all believe in this. You know, a lot of people said David was great for living in the old covenant, but acting like a new covenant guy, right? He did a bunch of stuff everybody else would get killed over. You know, because he had this different relationship with, with the Lord. He had a new covenant mind. He had a new covenant heart, even though he lived in this old world, but he pulled things and, uh, so here's the example. Let me give you the example. Are y'all good? Here's the example. Moses' tabernacle. Only the priest could go in there. Okay? And, and once a year, go into where the ark was. Guess what David does? He goes, gets the ark, sets it up in a tent, and invites everybody. Hey, come see the ark. Everybody can be there. See, he was doing something that Jesus was going to ultimately make happen is give everybody access to the presence of God, not just special people. That's lit. He was, I'm spitting. I'm sorry, I'm, I really am. I need to get one of those plexiglass shields that some spitting preachers have. You know, and when they're done, they get Windex and wipe it to clear it. There literally is that thing exists. Can, you know what Kenneth Copeland said? Y'all know who Kenneth Copeland is. I don't care if you like him or not. He said the most anointed man he had ever seen was up in the, hill, the Appalachian Mountain Hills. And Kenneth said, that man has a spit anointing. He would spit on his hands and touch people, and incredible things would happen. There were eight people in his church. Eight, and the guy couldn't even read the Bible. He had verses memorized because he was an ignorant man. But the power of God was in him. I just thought I'd tell you that. The good old spitting preacher. Lord, help us, right? Okay, I'm going to read this and I'm going to stop. Because this, that was Jesus and everybody will give Jesus a free pass, right? Of course Jesus could do that. He's Jesus, right? He can do whatever he wants. He can go into the future. He can go in the past. Forgetting that Jesus decided to come to the earth and live like us. He was just giving us an example. But here's a woman, okay? Then Jesus went out, Matthew 15, 21 through 28. Jesus went out from there and departed to the region of Tyre and Sidon. And behold, a woman of Cana. This is, this is not Israel woman. This is not a good Jewish lady. This is a Gentile. Listen, this is a Canaanite, right? Those bad guys in the Old Testament where God said, kill them off. Got to get rid of those people. They're bad people. They're, de they're depraved. They're, you know, they're ate up with perversion and they kill babies and sacrifice so a woman of cana came from the region and cried out to him saying have mercy on me O lord son of david my daughter is severely demon possessed but he answered her not a word don't you love how jesus tricks everybody we think he was being ugly okay and being bad by ignoring this poor lady like uh jesus didn't have no empathy hey listen to this this is just for your information. I was reading this article yesterday about Converse. Y'all know about Converse? They make shoes. Chuck Taylor, remember those? Well, this guy who has decided to make a 
Pentagon, what a pentagraph, the demon, yeah, the demon thing on the shoe. Don't let your kids buy Converse shoes. And he starts talking about uh, Satanism and talking about the devil being empathetic. Literally, this is true. This guy said this. I read quotes from the guy from Converse who decided to do this. I know y'all looking at it, but it's really true. I read it. It's in a very uh, reliable Christian magazine that I, that I kind of keep up with what's going on. So, And I thought, the devil's empathetic. Have you looked around the world? <laughs> and he's empathetic. He cares about people. Anyways, we need to really, make, really be praying about stuff like that. You know, uh, some guy came out with a Nike shoe that had all this, and they, Nike was pressured by people like, we don't want that, and they quit doing it. Converse needs to be pressured. We need to pressure them in prayer, and if we are people who can have a voice somewhere, have a voice and say, we're not going with this. We don't, we don't, our kids are not buying this stuff. We're not going to let our kids wear this stuff if you're going to do this. I hate to say that because I love those Chuck Taylors, you know, but I ain't loving no demonic symbol on them and somebody talking about how empathetic the devil is. So, but he answered not a word, and his disciples came and urged him, saying, Send her away, for she cries out after us. In other words, she was not going to get no for an answer. Right? And she was becoming irritating and disruptive. She's disrupted in a meeting, Jesus. Get her out of here. Put it in context. She's disruptive. She has to stop this. Send her away. But he answered and said, I was not sent except for the lost sheep of the house of Israel. I, that's, hey, that's my mission. My mission is not you Canaanites. My mission is Israel. That's, now, here's this coming out of Jesus' mouth. Okay? Then she came and worshiped him, saying, Lord, help me. That's worship, right? We always say about worship, raising our hands, singing, but lots of time worship is just like, Lord, help me. That's worshiping him. That's elevating him. But anyway, that's another subject. But he answered and said, it is not good to take the children's bread and throw it to the little dogs. Don't y'all love this verse? I love all this. And she said, yes, Lord, even the little dogs eat the crumbs which fall from their master's table. Even the little dogs eat the crumbs. Then Jesus, it's like at that point, it, it was irresistible. I mean, irresistible. Her faith was irresistible. Her faith demanded something. Her faith, and I, I kind of don't like that word, demand, when we talk about Jesus. You know, but her faith said, I've got to have this. I've got to pull. You may not have been sent to the house of Israel, but one day, you're going to send some people out. One day, you're going to tell them to go into all the world. I'm tapping into that day right now. I'm tapping in what's going to happen after Pentecost, Jesus. And I need what's going to happen then. I can't wait because my baby won't make it. My baby's going to die waiting to that day. So I've got to get that day, the power of that day, in right now. And that's what happened. She pulled that day in. She pulled that day in and Jesus couldn't resist it. Because what Jesus was seeing in that woman was what he, what he himself was doing. He saw that she was able to bring that day into the moment. 
we've, and I believe the Lord wants to bring, help us to pull in whatever there is, whatever revival, whatever, whatever we call it, whatever it is, the power of the age to come is what the church is going to have to have to navigate the world we're going to be living in. That's the bread without end. That's the bread of tomorrow, one of the aspects of it. So, amen, y'all. Come on, Becky, up here. Yeah, thank you, Lord. The Lord's good. Yeah. I'm going to let Becky do this because she's so much smarter than I. <laughs> That's good, wasn't it? Let's stand up. Thank you, Lord. Well, Lord, we want to receive tomorrow's bread today. So, Lord, we're just asking you for that. I know there were those that stood up for it, but we all want it. So, Lord, we just present ourselves to you right now. And we just say, may we have tomorrow's bread today. Lord, we, we want to live in the age to come, the age of, Lord, where there's, there's so much perfection there, Lord God, that there's no sin, there's no sorrow, there's no tears, there's no sickness, there's no um, friction, there's no tears, Lord, there's no pain. And we're asking you to bring that in today, Lord, in Jesus' name. Lord, we're asking you for that. Lord, that you would just thunder out of heaven and bring that into us. Lord, we ask you in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Lord, we just receive. Woo! I just felt a wave right there. Just take that. Mm. Mm. Lord, we're just asking for that breakthrough. We may not really even understand what all this means. But, Lord, we do know that you said to pray for our daily bread which is praying in the future for now, Lord. And so we just receive it, whatever it is, Lord, we receive it right now. We receive that power of the age to come. Thank you, Lord. If you want that, just reach out for it. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Lord, we want to be able to pray just like that UPS driver prayed. A simple prayer. Warts be gone in Jesus' name. Lord, that's what we want. Instant healings, Lord. We just want that, Lord. We want that. We want that age to come now, Lord. Your kingdom come. Your kingdom is at hand. It's within reach, Lord. And we want that now. Now. Thank you, Lord. Whoo, yeah. Whoo, it's good. <laughs> Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Let's just have the ministry team to come up.